Thank you, Steve. Thank you, Debbie, for reading the last extra two verses. I think it's important that we focus on those as well. Thank you, Vincent, for the water. I'll need it. Cheers. Um, yes, let's quickly pray. Father God, we thank you for your word. As we open your word, Lord, open your word to us this morning. Thank you for your word. Reading this passage, you can see that I had some difficult moments trying to look at the last hour and the spirit, the spirit of the Antichrist, or spirit of Antichrist. But when I was looking at it and reading it through, what came clearly to me was that the theme John wants us to develop through this text is, and I put it down here, and I'll read it to you, develop discernment to avoid deception. Develop discernment to avoid deception, because if you look at verse 26, John is very clear in pointing to us that what he's worried about is that you may not be deceived. If we go through scripture several times, John himself, Luke, Peter, and others, and Paul point us to the fact that you may get deceived. And many, many times they tell us, do not be deceived. And the reason why John wants us to go through this text is his purpose is that it's the issue of eternal life, your eternal life. So do not be deceived, develop discernment because it's the issue of your eternal life. What is interesting is this is John writing in the first century. It is the 21st century and you may ask the question, so nothing has changed? Well, two things certainly haven't changed. One is human nature. And within that human nature, I want to build on the fact that we are easily led astray. We are quite easily deceived. But also, the second thing that I want to talk about is that Satan's strategy hasn't changed. He attacks the church, he attacks us, by two ways. One is persecution, and the other one is deception. He deceives. He's the liar. He deceives. But persecution, you will say, we haven't got it in this country. We are blessed. It's in other countries over there. But in the Western world, it's definitely through deception. We are deceived. And we need to be on our guard because it's a question of our own eternal life. I'm glad that Paul, uh, John is writing this letter to the young, the old, the established believers, the new believers, the young men, and the, and the whole caboodle of them. Because I have a confession to make that a couple of years ago, I too was badly deceived embarrassed about it and it was quite interesting because the deception was quite psychological I was really embarrassed very upset and it took me a long time to recover from it it was very simple they took control of my mind 
took control of my phone, gave me instructions, and I followed them. It was 9.30 in the morning on a Tuesday, and the phone call was very simple, very firm, middle England, middle class English. Are you Mr. Jass? And I said, yes, this is the tax office. In 1992, you didn't pay your tax. We've had an audit, and we want you to pay your tax because we are issuing an arrest warrant for you if it's not paid within three hours. And there you are. They had my profile. They knew my weaknesses. My immediate reaction was my reputation. I'd be struck off my professional register. How could it be 1992, stretching my imagination back then? I've always paid my taxes. How come these people knew all those details, had my profile? And it was that I followed their instructions, even left my phone switched on because they'd asked me to. And I arrived at place, borrowed money very quickly from my mother, drove off because I didn't have cash in the house, and um, went to this place because they'd given me two locations where it had to be paid immediately. Remember, we were talking about the tax office. So I arrived at that place, and suddenly it dawned on me the truth. The tax office never calls anybody. Why didn't I think about it then? And would I be paying my tax in Morrison's in Wallerslade? <laughs> this is deception. My brain was controlled, I couldn't question. They said, don't talk to anybody, go there, have your phone switched on, and this is how you want you to pay. Ladies and gentlemen, he has your profile. Satan, he's out there to deceive, and he will deceive you if you do not develop discernment. But hey, the reading is very good here today because John is very pastoral, very loving, and gives us the way through this. So while reading through this, there are five questions that he answers. Question number one, where is this coming from, the deception? And let's go to verse 18, and the first thing he says is the last hour. Last hour. How does deception come through this? Well, there are two ways of looking at the last hour, and a lot of people have preached on the last hour, and it's very much the talk based on the second coming of Christ. It hasn't happened yet. Many people think it's never going to happen, and many have fallen away. But a lot of talks are, are, are on the second coming. But I want you to look at the second part of it. When it's the last hour, and this is what John's focus is through this text, is you put into action the plan that is already there. When it's the last hour, it's the plan. Let me give you an illustration. The last hour, the plan that we need to put in action. Kent, in Kent we have their nuclear power station, and it's gone off. There is a nuclear cloud 
which is drifting towards Medway. We don't know what time it's going to arrive. And what do you do? It's the last hour. It don't know when it's going to arrive here. Of course, everybody's in practicing the emergency plan. The defense people, the schools, the transport people, the police, everybody knows what the plan is. They're not going to sit there and say, oh, let's calculate when that cloud of the nuclear rain cloud is going to come over to Medway. That's too late. You know, a lot of people are beginning to worry about when Jesus is Christ, Christ is going to come back. No, Christ is very clear about it. It's going to be like a thief in the night and you don't have to worry about it because those who are in Jesus Christ will not be overcome by that. So don't worry about that. Worry about the action plan because he's already given the action plan to us. And that's what we need to put into place and think about it. And what is the action plan that he's given to us? The action plan is very simple. It's got three component parts. Through grace alone, by faith alone, in Jesus Christ alone, you have eternal life. Last hour, the plan, this is what John is talking us through in this text. Yes, the last hour is also about the second coming, but even Jesus himself very clearly turned around, don't worry about it, it'll be like a thief in the night. But you will not, it will not overtake you. It is the plan that you need to put into place. The deceiver has now got alternative plans. Imagine Medway Police has got a different plan from the fire service, from the railway stations and the transport system. You will find there is chaos. You will not be able to save as many lives as you want to. Or we need to, because if we don't stick to the plan, I mean, I have had training in that plan because I worked for the NHS and we were always prepared and you also knew that anti-radiation therapy tablets um, are put in certain pumps in certain areas that people could go to. And if I change that plan, people are going to end up somewhere else. So the deceiver changed that plan. Now we know then we can name a few people who've led people astray. Muhammad has changed the plan. He's added himself into the plan. The plan is very simple. Let me repeat it again, but we all know it. Through grace alone, by faith alone, in Jesus Christ alone. And it is this Jesus Christ bit that is a problem and which is what John is homing in on. And, and, and then wants us to be prepared. So what he's now leading to, who are they that are deceiving us? Of course, the obvious ones I've named. But verse 19, and verse 18b, first of all, he talks about spirit of antichrist, not the antichrist, because in 19, he's very clear, they are from us. They are within the church. They came, they were with us, and even in the first century, they were there. But they'd left the church and gone away because they started preaching the alternative plan. 
He doesn't name anybody here because start from first century onwards to the 21st century down here, the list is very long. They deceive us by giving us the alternative plan. And John hasn't given us their names because what he's done is given us the strategy to identify them. So how do we identify those who deceive us? In his epistle, he's covered the three points that we need to use to discover who the deceivers are, who will lead us astray. Number one, they will have hatred of the brethren. He talks about love is your neighbor, but persecution is hatred of the brethren. Christians are being even persecuted this morning in those countries because they are hated. Number two, lawlessness. He talks about that in in, in, in chapter 3, verses, three uh, verses 4 onwards, very clearly, lawlessness is living a sinful life. Their life is full of sin. Number one, hatred of brother, uh, brethren. Number two, lawlessness. But number three, which he covers very clearly in verse 22 and 23, denial of Jesus as the Christ. The plan is through Christ alone. They are denying that Jesus is the Christ. Very clearly, you know, they do believe that Jesus was born. They do believe that he died on the cross. But they don't believe, they deny that he was born of a virgin woman, that they deny that he's God born in the flesh, came to live among us. They deny the fact that he died on the cross for my sins, paid the full price, and completed the whole thing. Through grace, I have salvation, eternal life. But then they deny, number four, is the triumphant resurrection of Jesus Christ. The length the Roman authorities and the temple authorities went to put that denial in place. Even today, they deny that he rose again from the dead. And lastly, fifth point, they deny and they even scoff at us because we believe that he's going to come again. The plan is very clear. Through grace, by faith, through Je by, in Jesus Christ alone, we have eternal life, and you will be, be able to identify these people who have got an alternative plan by the criteria in this text that put, it, put down by John for us, hatred of the brethren, lawlessness, and denial of Jesus as a Christ. Deception is very subtle. This is so obvious, but it's very subtle. And he's got my profile. He knows which buttons to press. Wow, that scares me. Because he's got it. But there's no need to be scared. Because John goes on and says, he's got good news for you. 
those of you who are in Christ, he says, and then you ask the question, what about me? Look at verse 20. Very clearly he says, but you have been anointed anointed by the Holy One. You've been anointed by the Holy One. You are anointed by the Holy Spirit. And remember what Paul says in Ephesians. Those who have believed, he's given the deposit of the Holy Spirit, the guarantor of your faith. You have been given the power of the Holy Spirit. Not only that, Paul also talks about uh, uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, the gift of discernment, discerning between the spirits among the spirits. You have been given that. And John is very careful in saying, you have been anointed by the Holy One. I tell you what, I feel so comfortable waking up in the morning and reminding myself, yes, those people were able to deceive me and I was really foolish. That was total foolishness. But a grain of truth, when I arrived there, suddenly made me think, no, I can't hand over my money. This is stupid. HMRC HMRC would never do this. Why am I doing this? Switched up my phone and came home. Here, you need to remember those of you who are in Jesus Christ, that you are anointed by the Holy Spirit. Guarantor of your faith. The deposit put in you. And he will give you discernment. Develop it. Verse 22, he says, but you've also been given the gospel message. We've already taught it to you. You don't need more teaching on it. You need to put the plan into action. You need to learn about the plan. There is a lot of teaching to to be done. There's a lot of learning to be done. There is no new teaching. There are no new revelations. There are no new prophecies about the Messiah being fulfilled. So all of these people who come to us and turn around and say to us, I've got a a, a new revelation. I've got a special learning. I've got a special anointing. Put them aside. Don't worry about them. They are trying to deceive you and lead you astray. And uh, John has very clearly in verse 20, uh, 20 and 21 given us the assurance that you are anointed by the Holy One and you have got the gospel message. So what do we need to do, the application side of it? If you look at verses 24 and 27, what you find in my Bible is, it says, abide, 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 abide. Five times it comes up, abide. Abide, 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 abide. Abide in the truth. Abide in the Holy Spirit. And, you know, what, is be, what do you mean by abide? Well, if you want to live in this country, you'll have to abide by our rules. If you join my club, you have to abide by its rules. It's lifestyle. You have to live a lifestyle. You have to abide. Five times he says to us, abide. Abide in the Holy Spirit. 
The Holy Spirit abides with you, but you need to abide in the Holy Spirit. You have the gospel message. We've taught it to you, John is saying to, to these people, the people he's writing to. Abide. Live by the gospel message. You see, in closing, it's the last hour. You have a duty of care to yourself because it's a question of your eternal life. Know the gospel. Know the gospel message. And develop discernment so that you may not be deceived. And I've just put a note there for, for, for myself to ask you three questions. If you know, applies to some of us, if you know this is the last hour, are you prepared for the last hour? You know, if the nuclear cloud came along, the question I was when I was working for the NHS, are we prepared? Should that happen? We don't know the timing of it. We don't need to worry about the timing of it, and we won't be overwhelmed by it. But are you prepared? If not, what are you going to do about it in the new year? Question number two, for those who haven't received Jesus Christ into their life, today is a good day to make that choice because he's got a plan. He has a plan for eternal life. It's very simple. Everybody knows it now, and you could repeat it after me. By grace alone, through faith, in Jesus Christ alone. But then if you tick all the boxes, and if you're as good as I am, you know what I did when I was deceived was I called the police, and I am quite pleased to say that what happened to me went out on crime watch and other people were warned that this was happening. So if you tick all the boxes, are you telling other people about the gospel message? Are you? You have prepared yourself. You have received Christ into your life. But then, are you? So what is your resolution going to be in the new year? For some, you need to prepare yourself because it's going to come. Like a thief in the night, let's us not be like those foolish virgins, not have our lamps prepared because the bridegroom could come at any time. We need to look at our lifestyles even today. So if you go home, when you go home today, think about it because it's a lifestyle issue. Are we prepared? Those of you who haven't received Christ into your life, I would say don't go home today without asking for prayer, receiving Christ into your life, so that you too can join in and have fellowship with him, the Lord Jesus Christ and be anointed by the Holy Spirit. 
and if you are not telling others, then maybe you need to think about it. Make a resolution. Because if that cloud is coming over from Dungeness B, soon to have Dungeness C there, then we will not be doing our neighbors a favor if you knew that it was happening and we didn't tell them. So let us give them the good news. So those of you who are already in there, think about it, how are you going to share the good news with others? Don't be deceived. Develop discernment, the gift of discerning between spirits. Amen. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for your word this morning. Lord, I just pray that we will all reflect on John's invitation and look at our own lifestyles, look at what we are doing with the good news and respond to it appropriately, for I ask this in Christ's name. Amen.